living. Hang tight. It kept coming to me that as pastor laid her hands on each one of you, you should have said, I receive that word from God that my body will no longer have that exist in it. It's gone. In Amen. the name of Jesus, and you need to receive in Hallelujah. Because Hallelujah. we have word in the name of Jesus, that power in there is released for you to receive everything that God has for you. Hallelujah. Everybody do that. Everybody do that. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for that word. I appreciate that so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. All right. So we're going to, Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you that you're so good and so kind. I thank you that you are so merciful. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness unto each and every person here and their families, Lord. just give you praise and glory and honor. We honor you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord. Everybody say that. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I bless your holy name. I bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to continue our teaching living behind the veil. Living behind the veil. And today's study is going to help us realize that God never changes. He never changes. The ascendancy of the new covenant to the old, over the old, was planned all along by God. Planned all along. It was foreshadowed and it was prophesied in the Old Testament. He never changes. So hang with me because I think this may seem a little tedious to you today. I hope not. It's really not tedious. It is so important. And when we get this, we're going to have such a new revelation of the fullness of what Christ has already done for us. Because this is going to emphasize the greatness of Jesus. His mastery his holiness, his superiority to every other element in this world. So, say, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. I have ears to hear. I have ears to hear what God has to say. Okay, so we're going to go to Hebrews 7, <coughs> verse one, verses 1 through 10. This Melchizedek, was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. 
he met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Does that remind you of Jesus? You are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? The king of peace, he's made peace between you and God. When you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you have peace with God, your father. Without father or mother, without genealogy, and in the Aramaic translation it says, without his father and his mother being written in the genealogy. So it was not recorded, not written. Without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Verse 4. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people that is, their brothers. Even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi. Yet he collected a tenth from Abraham. So we have a different order of priesthood. And blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser person, that would be Abraham. And think of how great in the scriptures, Abraham, what a man of faith he was. And without doubt, the lesser person, Abraham, is blessed by the greater. That would be Melchizedek. In the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die. But in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. Hallelujah. We serve a living God. We serve the living God. Do you all remember that study we did on the living God and the, how often it was used in the Old Testament? Okay? Living, living God. Woo! I want, I have, you have. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the living God residing in you. We're talking about life in the fullness of Christ. The living God. The living God. Hallelujah. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. So this seems real technical, but it is so, so powerful. This is so powerful. So I'm going to make a few points about what this portion of the scripture is explaining and why it's so important to us, okay? So Melchizedek means king of righteousness and king of peace. Okay, that's our Jesus, right? Obviously, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus. See, God never changes. He had it all planned all along. It was his heart all along, all right? Um, 
So we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and Jesus has established our peace with God. Romans 14, 17 says, in whose kingdom we have righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That belongs to you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So this scripture is making very clear that Melchizedek's priesthood did not come from a traced earthly lineage or birth, and neither would Jesus's. Right? Right? Right. Jesus's conception was a miraculous one. It was a virgin birth, not of an earthly father. Right? Okay, I'm trying to help you with some similarities. So this indicates a very clear change from the Old Testament structure, but not the plan of God, okay? Not, not God's, he always had this. He, always, he was not caught by surprise, right? So a change in that structure intentionally by, the, by God in which the priests came from an earthly lineage, the lineage of Levi, okay? Levitical priesthood. So Melchizedek did not come from the lineage of Levi. That's important for you to understand. Nor did our Jesus. You know, that was the way it was right? So these are all foreshadowings of the plan of God, of of how he destined the priesthood of Jesus to take precedence. Are you getting me? Okay. So the superiority of Melchizedek's priesthood is very clearly established As the scripture shows us, he was greater than Abraham. Okay, that's in verses 4 through 10. We we just read that. He was greater than Aaron. That will be in verses 11 through 14. And he was more than the law. This is critical. Critical in your hearts to understand that he is more than the law. That would be verses 11 through 19. So hopefully, today's teaching will help us understand the freedom that we have in Christ. The freedom that we have in Christ. Him whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Okay? And this is all areas of your life. All right? Just actually, you know what y'all ought to do? Go back and read Leviticus. If you go through Leviticus and see everything that had to be done, and then you realize what Jesus has done, you, I mean, you can't help but shout and scream and understand how free you really are. Hallelujah. Okay. So, he was greater than Abraham because Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Okay, these are just some samples of what's going on so you can, we can understand. So scripture here tells us that the greater blessed the lesser. 
okay? So there is a clear example right there of the greater name of Jesus, greater than anything. The greater name of Jesus, greater than every darkness, greater than every torment, greater than every sickness, greater than any lack, greater. The greater name of Jesus. This clearly, clearly reveals to us the superiority of Christ's priesthood, Christ's priesthood to the Levitical priesthood. And y'all are sitting there probably like, I know all that. Okay, well, you know what? It's like Christy was saying earlier. We can know this in our heads. But that's not what counts. We got to know this in our spirits. We got to know this in our hearts. We have to submerge ourselves in this reality so that we are walking according to the reality of Jesus and not everything every day that the world bombards you with. Because if, if it is counter to the word, it is a lie. Okay? And we get, because this revelation, and hopefully this is going to help us all today, this revelation gets into our spirit, and we don't even, our spirit just like repels those lies. And we're like, the word is 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 true, is true, is true, is true, is true, period. It becomes so much a part of us that we don't even, we don't even really, when, when those, those lies come at us, that we don't even pay, we don't even hear them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, can I give you a little quick side, which I wasn't planning on giving you? Okay, so, you know, Ken and I, you know, we have five amazing, wonderful kids, and so we didn't get married till pretty late. I was 31, and he was 29, and um, so we, you know, had five kids, but that means by the time I had, we had two kids when I was over the age of 40, okay? And people love to come up to you and give you all the practical medical stuff that's going to happen to you because you're pregnant over 40, you know? But they'll do this, in, the world does this in any area, and they think they're helping you. Well, it's all lies anyway. So when people would come to me and say, well, you're 41 when you're having that one, and you're 43 when you're having your, you know, the next one, you know, there's like a 87% chance that that's going to be a Down syndrome baby, or there's this or that or whatever. We love all babies, by the way. Okay, so I'm not making a judgment on that. But they, they give you all these, you know, medically accurate <laughs> things, which really aren't, okay, that are going to happen. And, you know, I, I just didn't even, and Ken didn't even, we don't even, we're not even, we don't even hear that. We don't even listen to that. Because you're lying. You're lying. Because you just don't understand what Jesus already did for me. You don't understand what Jesus, you love that person, you talk to them, you know, the truth in love, you don't call them idiots. It's like Chrissy was saying, you know, you might be thinking that underneath, but you, you, you don't, that's not true. 
It's just that they don't know, okay? And so we walk according to Jesus. We walk according, okay, by the way, this is no credit to us. Y'all get that? No credit to Ken or I, but it is a credit to the glory of the Lord, you know? And so when these bombardments come, you just remain in your peace in Jesus. You just remain at rest in Jesus and know that the word is true. Okay? So that was a little side thing. But anyway, so, <coughs> so I'm going to get back to what I was saying before. <laughs> so clearly revealed here is the superiority of Christ's priesthood to the Levitical priesthood, the spirit to the law. Holy Spirit do the law, right? So it shows us two characteristics of Christ's priesthood for us. We, when we're in Christ, we receive the blessing from Christ, and he receives the tithe. Now I'm not talking about, yes, that includes tithe like financial, but there's so much more. What it is, is he receives our heart of submission, You see, that's really what it's all about. He receives our yielded heart. Okay? Tithe discussed here is an example of submission, agreement with God. So the lesser is blessed of the better. As we submit to Christ, key element, submit to Christ. As we submit to Christ, as we put more and more, put everything at his disposal, everything in our life at his disposal, the less we become in our own eyes, all about me, the less we become in our own eyes, the more we exalt him, lift him up, glorify him, the more we open up our gates to his blessing, right? The more we release control to him, to Holy Spirit, the more pliable our hearts become in the potter's hand. The more he can really do what he has planned for you all along the more he can design you into that beautiful piece of pottery or painting or whatever, that song that he sung over you before you were ever born. You see that? And so the easier it is, the easier it becomes for us to see, the easier it becomes for us to hear, and the more he can get that. What he, his, his real blessing, what he wants in our lives, the more we open ourselves up to that. It clears space, gets the clutter out, clears the space. It gives him room to do what he wants to do, to come in and sup with us, okay? All right, Hebrews 7, 11. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of the law, of it, 
the law was given to the people, why was there still a need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when there is a change in the priesthood, listen, this is dynamic, there must be a change of the law. There must be a change of the law. When there's a change in the priesthood, there has to be a change in the law. Do you get it? He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe. And no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. So this is, for it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. But God had it planned the whole time. He had the way made for you. You understanding this? Okay, this was prophesied. I'm going to show you. This was prophesied in the Old Testament. God never changes. This was prophesied. Psalm, Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. If I were you guys, and, I, and I'm going to do this myself, I would decree this over my own life. You should make this a decree in your own life. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. God is for you, not against you. Arrayed in holy majesty from the womb of the dawn, you will receive the dew of your youth. Hallelujah. I receive that. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You see the prophecy in the Old Testament? The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. He will drink from a brook beside the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. He is the lifter of your head. So, we're going to delve into this. Hang with me, please. Why was it so important that another priest arise after the order of Melchizedek? Not after Aaron, who was a Levite. Okay? Because, you want the answer? <laughs> because something greater Someone greater was needed to perfect us. The law cannot perfect you. Someone greater was needed to perfect you. Remember how we studied 
how Christ perfected us a couple weeks ago? Christ perfected you. Someone greater was needed to remove the constant condemnation of sin. Sin comes to condemn. Our Jesus removes the condemnation of sin. We go to him. We lay it down before him. See? He removes the condemnation. He removes the guilt. He removes the shame. He removes the constant defeat cycling around in our brains. Okay? But you see, we don't, we don't receive that. We say, I take crop failure on that, devil. That's not a part of my new life. That's not a part of who I am in Christ. That's not a part of what he did for me as his finished work. That's no longer a part. So, you see, Aaron was only a human figure. He was a picture of Jesus' work on earth, but he was simply a human prototype, and an imperfect, an imperfect example, unlike Jesus. For, listen, for the eternal consequence, listen, because the Lord gave me this line, (laughs) for the eternal consequence of God's outpoured love to take hold of us. See this? For his eternal, almighty priesthood in heaven on our behalf, someone more was needed. You get that? So that we could live in the consequence of his outpoured love. Okay? The way into the holiest of holies had not yet been opened by the old priesthood. Only the sacrifice of Jesus could tear that veil. The glory of Christ's priesthood is in him destroying the veil, destroying the veil of separation between us and God and entering in for us. He has entered in for you, and now you get to live there. You get to live there because he took the fall for you. Perfectly. Nothing missing. He entered in for you. He entered in for me. And all we have to do is follow. That's all we have to do. All we have to do is just follow. Hallelujah. And that's exciting. So because of that, because of what he did, today he sits at the right hand of Father God 
constantly, constantly interceding on our behalf. Constantly interceding for you, not against you. Interceding for you. That gives me hope. That gives me hope. (coughs) He is interceding for us so that we can take hold of and become his completeness here on this earth. So that we can become his completeness on this earth. That's the glory of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) So you, when you receive Jesus, (laughs) you are walking in his completeness and his fullness. That's how he designed you. He's not like one of these bosses who, you know, they want to get it all for themselves and you're like this little grunt. That's not Jesus. Jesus is like, how much can I grow you? How much can I help you? Because I see you walking in me. You see, he doesn't hold anything back. He doesn't try to keep it away from you. Everything he grows up into you glorifies him. So you're not just this little grunt trying to make it through. I'm no grunt anyway. I'm a child of the blood I'm a blood-bought child of the living God. That's who I am. And that's who you are. a blood-bought child of the living God, loved and adored. You are loved and adored. (laughs) We might get through this message today, but I'm not guaranteeing it. My God, my God, my God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above every other name. (laughs) And there's more to 
remember this story. <laughs> you see, because Melchizedek was not just a priest. Melchizedek was a king. Not just a priest, but a king. I'm going to tell you the truth. Our culture, our society was meant to be ruled by the church. There was never to be a separation. Go read about when the Israelites decided to ask for the king Saul. That wasn't God's heart. But he let them have what they wanted. Well, I'm not going to settle for any less than what God has for me. And if my prayers have anything to do about it, I'm not going to settle for any less than God has for you. But your prayers on your behalf (laughs) should be in that line. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Doesn't the scripture say that in Revelation 1-6, doesn't it say that he has made you kings and priests? Okay, are you going to walk in it? You're going to accept it? You're going to believe it? You're going to let it sink down into your spirits? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm taking it. So, Melchizedek was not only a priest, he was a king. And as such, he was clothed in power. Do kings have power? Well, we have the king above all other kings. So he was clothed in power and his ministry was in power. That's why when you lay hands on the sick or when you speak the word to someone, you can expect it to go forth in power backed by the Holy Spirit because he testifies of Jesus. And when the word of God is in your mouth, it is the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. So here we have Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of peace, king, king, king. So say that, I am clothed in power because of Jesus. My ministry is in power because of Jesus. Because you all have a ministry. Every single one of you is called into a ministry. So scripture makes, I'm sorry, I'm so loud today. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. Because when you guys walk in this revelation, no darkness will ever be able to overtake you. Only the love of God will be working through your lives. So anyway, scripture makes no mention of the end of days. You know, for Melchizedek, he abideth continually. So this is a picture of the eternal priesthood, and the eternal kingship. Ministered in heaven, ministered in heaven, in eternity, and in power, 
our Jesus, the one who would arise after the order of Melchizedek. Okay? So th- this is just pictures for, uh, to help us. So this is a very stark contrast to the ministry of Aaron. Hebrews 7.15. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of regulation. See, that's the law. Not on the basis of regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life indestructible, endless life. That's all Jesus has to give you. That's everything Jesus has to give you. Indestructible, endless. And it exists. His life exists in every believer. For it is declared... You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect. Listen to this, listen. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. You have the better hope. Thank you, Lord. That is good. That's great. You see, legalism, pharisaical attitudes, they they do not experience the presence of God. You get that? The legalism, the pharisaical attitudes, the judgmental conditions of people's hearts, they don't experience the presence of God. We must move into the freedom of Jesus. Say, I am moving into the freedom of Jesus. I have the freedom of Jesus. I receive the freedom of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean lawlessness. It means freedom in Jesus. Not lawlessness. Not recklessness. It's not good to be reckless. Jesus was not reckless. See what I'm saying? It means submission to Christ. That's what it means. It means submission to Christ. He is the better hope that came in the power, came in power in the indestructible life drawing us to him. So many Christians, not you guys, (laughs) not you, not me, not your families, But so many Christians live these powerless lives 
needlessly, needlessly. They live these powerless lives because they don't comprehend the more excellent ministry of Jesus. And you are here to take that loving ministry of Jesus to knock on their doors, on the doors of their heart, and say there's a better way, a better hope for you. That's what you're here for. Because you've already received the better hope. And we just need to have more revelation of it so that we are just those rivers of living water that flow forth from the throne room of God into the hearts of those that need him. They're stuck in that law of condemnation. You know, sometimes you may feel that way. But you don't have to. You don't have to feel that way. They are stuck in that law of condemnation rather than the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What spirit did he give us? Spirit of life. Spirit of life. The spirit of life and its freedom. Life in the anointing. If you are a believer, you are anointed. You are anointed. And we need to walk in that anointing. We need to make it purposeful. You are anointed for every good thing in Christ. You are anointed for every good thing in Christ. That's health, that's healing, that's provision, that's from condemnation and every demonic oppression. The law of sin and death cannot overtake you. Cannot. Hebrews 1.3 After he had provided purification for our sin, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And he's there ministering to you, for you. Our Jesus is God's right-hand man, right? He is God's right-hand man. And he has sent us Holy Spirit. He has sent Holy Spirit. He came in the power of an indestructible, endless life, and that means, in all situations, that means life and not death. He has given his indestructible life to you. He has given his indestructible life to me. Because he has only life and love to impart. He has no other thing to impart to you. Life and love. Life in his love. Love in his life. He imparts his life into you as your own life. 
as your very own life. He has lifted us up into vital fellowship with God, with the Father God. He has lifted you up into that vital fellowship. He has given you the power of life, and he has given you his life of power. Hallelujah. His own life, his own life from heaven, indwelling, get that, indwelling, indwelling us and pouring forth in rivers of life and love from us to abide continually in us, to abide continually in us. Honestly, can you feel that? Can you feel it? Okay, just stop and think about what we're talking about. Sit back and actually take a few minutes to absorb it, to absorb the truth of that, the life of Jesus, because it's, it's being poured out on you. It's been poured out into you. Just take a few minutes and absorb it. Breathe it in. Breathe in the life and love of Jesus for you. That indestructible life, the living God, the almighty, the everything God supplied for you. Accept that. Take that in. Receive it for yourself. People will be healed just from that. Well, that word just was a really bad choice of word. (laughs) Jesus is our better hope. The law could not perfect us, but Jesus did. In his mercy, in his submission to the Father, in his love for you, he did what the law could never do full fellowship with God. Well, I don't really know whether to go there or not, but because, you know, it's hard to adequately explain. But so much of religion, okay, God is holy, right? He's the Almighty. He's the majesty. He's the glory. He's above all. He'll always be above all of us, right? He's the everything. No one greater, ever. And he's for you, okay? But so much of religion has taught us that we are not worthy. Yes, and in ourselves, in our sin, that's true, but we must get a different picture of what he has for us in him. You see that? Do you understand that? 
Because he has actually made you worthy. Not prideful, but worthy. He sees you that way. He created you that way. He had that vision of you before you were ever born. You'll never be greater than him, but you will be greater than what you think of yourself today. When you understand what he really has done and what he has for you. Stop letting the past define you and let his vision define you. Let the heart of God define you. Not the judgment of man. My heart grieves, I mean really grieves, when I hear people criticizing another person. And I'm guilty of it myself. I get, I get frustrated sometimes. Like Chrissy was saying, you know, you get frustrated at people's actions or things that they do. And they, they could be very wrong. But my heart grieves because when we criticize the action in the person, we're hurting them and we're hurting ourselves because we're locking out the love of God and its flow through us. You see what I'm saying? Is that making sense? We can come against that demonic spirit, but do not come against your fellow man. If you have room in your heart to criticize someone Make room in your heart to speak the word over them. Because when you speak negativity over another human being, that is a curse. Whether you want to take responsibility for what you're doing or not, I'm telling you, it's a curse. When you speak over another person something that is the opposite of the word, you are setting forth a curse. And it is not our, cur- our place to curse. Jesus doesn't have a curse for you. We need to believe the best in the person and take authority over the demon. We all need help. We all need help. And we all need a more compassionate church. So we were, we are created. I still have a long way to go, and I'm really sorry, but I'm not sorry. <sighs> We were created, you are created for full fellowship with God. You are created for the very presence of God. That's you. You are created 
for the presence of God in you. You may not feel that way because you live in a sin-tainted world that does not change how he created you, that doesn't diminish the capacity that you have for him. See that? (coughs) Excuse me. You have been removed from the curse of the world, okay? You live in a sin-cursed world, but you've been removed from that. You live in a whole brand new kingdom under a whole new ministry. You have been translated, truthfully, in reality, you have been totally translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the love of God. So just breathe it in, saints. Breathe it in. Receive it. Receive it. Because the presence of God is your native atmosphere. It is. Everything else is a lie. The presence of God is who you are, who you are meant to be. You understand what I'm saying. Your native atmosphere, your essence. Nearness to God, dwelling in Christ, is to be our continual abiding experience not here here our experience here in our hearts in our spirits he has worked his work in us he has worked his work in you for those who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior okay he has actually opened your heart to understand the heart of God. No division. See that? Our faith eyes have to see this. Our faith eyes have to see this and have to claim this. We have to claim this position. We have to know this position. When I say claim, I mean know it in our hearts, okay? Because we no longer live in the ministry of earthly men. (laughs) You do not live in the ministry of earthly men. You don't. You don't live there. I don't live there anymore. I've been purchased by a precious blood, and I do not live in an earthly ministry anymore. It does not own me, does not control me, cannot judge me. I don't live in that ministry with limited power and with with limited privileges. Because the Spirit of Christ, the same the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. He dwells in you. 
born again, blood-bought child of the living God. He knows you by his spirit. Now you need to know yourself by his spirit in you. You see, Christ is not our Aaron. He's not our Aaron, but our Melchizedek, the greater, the greater, the greater. He is your greater. Hallelujah. And this is a contrast between the law and life. The flesh and the spirit. Jesus is ascended. He is ascended. He did it for you. He is ascended and he is imparting his heavenly life to you and to me right now, all the time, all the time. He has place in you the call of heaven. You understand that? He has placed in every one of us, as his children, as believers in Christ, he has placed in us the call of heaven. Redemption occurred here on earth in submission, in, weak, in, in weakness, in submission, and has now been given to you in resurrection, life, ascension, power in Christ. That's what you have. Glory. Glory. The cross gave you pardon from sin. Right? The throne room, the ascended place where Jesus sits now gives you power over all the power of the enemy. It gives you power over every darkness, every death. We have been delivered from Egypt and we need to live like it. You have been delivered from Egypt. I have been delivered from Egypt. And I need to walk like it and talk like it and live it. You have been invited into the throne room of God. You are invited into the throne room experience, into living in the throne room life. You have a blessing upon your life in Christ that abides continually. It abides continually. You have been given the better hope that abides continually. Did I say abides continually? You have been given that in Jesus' indestructible and endless life. Did I say life? Did I say indestructible? And I said that because the scripture says that. Right? Hebrews 7 verse 20. And it is not without 
an oath. Others become priests without an oath. That means by the law, right? Because that's what we're studying here. Without an oath. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, God never changes, will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. The guarantee of a better covenant. Hebrews 7.23. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, right? Because they're human beings. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Hallelujah. And when it says here, listen, therefore he is able to save completely, that's from the word sozo. It's every part of your life. It's not just the, what we call, salvation, being born again experience. It's everything. It it means every part of life. It means to save, to heal, to preserve, to rescue, to deliver from. And it, it means this. It means to deliver from, and he doesn't just leave you there, because it means to deliver from, but into, into, into him. So not just out of the darkness, but into the life. That's all in that word, sozo, that's used a form of it right there. So he has delivered you out to take you into himself. Okay? All right. Through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for our sins once for all. When he offered himself, offered himself. We offer ourselves to Christ. He offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak. But the oath, but the oath, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever on your behalf for you because you believe. Not your works, by the way. Not your works. And you get to live in that perfectness. 
that perfectedness. God has given us his oath regarding all of this. We have an oath. He stands, it stands, his oath stands forever, our destiny. His oath, our destiny. His oath, our destiny. His oath, our destiny. His vision, your destiny. So are you going to accept it? I mean, really, really, are you going to, am I, me, me too, all of us, are we going to renew our minds to this? Are we going to let it get into our spirits? Are we going to change gears? We've got to change gears. We need to set our hearts on things above and know that that's the reality of where we walk. You know, God gave me a vision one time, and that's probably like 20 years ago now, and probably some of you have already heard it, so don't let me bore you, but don't walk out. (laughs) But he gave me this vision, and I was just praying, and just, you know, I don't know why he gave me the vision, just because he's so, so good and so kind. And so I was... I was with the Lord, and there was this floor, but it was, it was like clouds. It was transparent, but I was walking there with him, up there. And it was above everything. It was above everything. It was above the whole universe, the whole world, everything. But like I could see down into the, er, the world, the earthly world, as I was walking with him, and he said, Lisa Marie, this is where you're destined to walk. That's for you guys. That's every believer. You see, he, he doesn't have us even walking here on the earth. We aren't part of this world. He, when you become a believer in Christ, you're separated from the world. And it was glorious, and I was just up there with him, and you could just see everything going. And he's like, that's not where you're even destined to, to walk. You're just destined to walk up here with me. That's my, that's my plan. What a great plan. What an awesome God. What a loving Father. So you see, we have to get rid of all these doctrines that we have, these, these tapes that play in our minds about partial living, partial blessing, because that's not the vision of God. So we need to press on. We need to press on to take hold of his true vision of us, his true vision for us. God gave Jesus, his son, as a guarantor of all of his life in us all of his life in me, forever and ever and ever, abiding continually. The life he ministers, the life he ministers, is the life that abides unchangeable, indestructible, the living God. Whether we choose to walk in it or not, it is the truth. It is the reality. 
It is absolute. It abides, and he abides for you to walk in agreement with him. We must walk in agreement with him. And that is his heart for you, that you walk in agreement with him to live in that reality, to live in that fullness. Jesus ever lives making intercession for you. He intercedes for you to live in and to live out the heart of God. For you to live in the heart of God and for you to live out the heart of God. Scripture says that you know him and scripture says that you know the way. In the Aramaic, and it's John 14, 4, in the Aramaic, it says, and where I am going, you know, and you know the way. You know the way. Into the inner sanctuary. Into living with, into living with and radiating him forever. Who in here wants to radiate Jesus? I want to radiate Jesus. Living in the open sanctuary of God's presence now, here, on this earth, forevermore, to serve the living God, to serve the living God. So are you going to believe, am I going to believe, I say yes, and I'm, am I going to give myself up to walk in his spirit? And that includes sometimes even when your flesh doesn't care about it. But you know the way. He's always speaking the truth to you, so you know. You know. You know. Verse 25, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, Jesus, because he always lives to intercede for you, for them. For the law, verse 28, for the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the oath, the oath which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever for you, for me. So are we going to go with him? Yes, I say yes, I say yes, absolutely, absolutely. I say yes, I am in the river. I am not on the shore, I am not sitting on the banks. He's going to show me how to swim. For all you non swimmers. <laughs> it's okay. Jump in. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, are you, am I, going to let him carry us? on that living river, that loving river, are we going to let him carry us into his permanent presence? 
Yes. I say yes. Will you agree with him? Will you agree with him that you too are meant to live that quote unquote what we call impossible? You know, I'm just saying that so that we can, you know, because it's not impossible, because it is the natural atmosphere in which we're supposed to live, even though we call it supernatural, it is his natural, right? So are we going to live there? Are we going to live where he's meant us to live? That supernatural, that heaven-accessed life. (coughs) Yes, yes, here, here. The supernatural, this is the supernatural life of power, the supernatural life of authority, the supernatural life of blessing, the supernatural life of love in Christ, the supernatural life submitted to our Jesus. That's for me. That's for me. That's for you. That's what he has, and that's what he told me to talk about today. So, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I trust, I believe, I know that we receive great revelation, that it sinks into our spirits, that we walk in a new dimension, that we walk in a Holy Spirit poured out dimension, pouring out your love, your life, your, your access to the, home, to the throne room, flowing through us to those that need it, Lord, and you will show us exactly how to do that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, hallelujah. I'm going to receive your...